Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Today is our final week in this series through Psalm 37 verses 3 to 7. It's amazing how much can be spoken over just a few verses. And, uh, but when we, look at, when we look at any passage of Scripture and we really kind of dig into it, we realize there's so much there. Uh, one statement can have so much truth that if we look at it and understand it and work through it, we discover that God has a lot to say to us. And uh, so just to read this passage again, this will be our final time we're reading it through uh, in our Sunday mornings. It's this. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Just a quick recap of what we've looked at thus far. It, we've looked at be still and wait patiently for the Lord. So we started at the very end of this passage. This challenge for us just to come into His presence and just to be there, just to be with Him. Uh, we looked at trusting in the Lord and doing good, that, that call to put our faith and our hope in Him and then just be in that place of following what he calls us to do, which is to do good, to do the right thing, not always the easy thing, not always the easy road, but the, the right road that he calls us to. Last week, we looked at delight yourself in the Lord, right? To take this great pleasure that God has created us to enjoy in him. Find great pleasure, find satisfaction in the Lord, and he will do this. He will meet the deep longings of our heart. When we find ourselves in Him, when we find pleasure in Him, that the, the need to be loved, the need to be accepted, the need to, to find security, the, the need to find hope, something to live for, all of that longings of our heart are found in Christ. He will give that to us. He will give us the desires of our heart. But even beyond that, as we look to serve Him and saying, Lord, Your will be done. That's our greatest desire, God, is I, I want to, to live for You. God said, look, I, I can help you with that. I'll give you a plan, I'll give you a purpose, I'll give you a direction. Today we're going to look at verses 5 and 6. And uh, I'm going to read it again, first in the NIV, and then I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It's always good to see it in other translations of the Bible. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in Him, and He will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. In the NIV, sorry, the NLT, it says this, says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause like the, sh um, sorry, the, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Great way to say it in a slightly different way. Uh, in this passage of Scripture, there's two instructions we are given, and then there's a promise that goes with that. So, we're called to do two things, and God said, look, I will do this in response to that. And so the very first thing we see in this passage is what word? Commit. In fact, no matter what translation of the Bible you look at, even in the original Hebrew, it says commit. Can't get away from that. This word commit. Commit. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Commit all your ways to the Lord. Commit ultimately means to, to allow Him to have charge of. 
Right? If I'm going to commit something to you, if I'm going to give something to you, it's allowing someone else, it's allowing God to have control of that, have all, all say, to give charge of, to give the Lord charge of everything I do. And I think one of the challenges we have as believers uh, is we come to Christ, maybe early days, and we say, yeah, Lord, you can have it all. Um, and it's kind of a, an all-in thought process. But as life progresses and as we start to live out our journey and keep going forward, uh, life somehow ends up with little boxes. And uh, kind of what we sang and what uh, Alicia shared earlier really ties in well with what uh, the word is this morning. Because we have these boxes. We have our church box. We like our church box. We come to church at 9 a.m. last Sunday. And um, we have that box, and we know it, and we like it, and we come to church in this box. And Jesus, you can have, your, you can have it all in this box. It's really nice. Uh, we have our work box, and we have our family box, and we have a relationship box, and finance box, and hobbies, and recreation, and future plan box, and career bo- box. And we have all these boxes of, of just aspects of our lives, these parts of our heart, these parts of our understanding, these parts of what we're living out. And, uh, you know, we're journeying, and, and as things come upon our path, we add to it. Now, whether consciously or subconsciously, we allow God into some of these areas, these safe spaces, these safe havens that we know we can trust God in, we know it's going to be okay, we can put God squarely in the church box, right? I mean, God, you can have it all, Sunday morning service. Yes, Lord, I'm here. You can have all of this box. I like it even. You can have everything. But then... Maybe our family box, things get tricky and there's all sorts of stuff going on and we're, we're facing issues of all different sorts and we have our old nature box and we have God saying, look, I want to have it all. And, and so I mean, well, I don't know if I, if I can allow you to all of this stuff, so I will, I will manage the bit I feel I can handle better, God, uh, because I think I've got a better control of this. And again, sometimes this is just self-conscious or is subconscious we're doing it, but we start to live out what we think can happen best in those spaces because we think we know best. You know, we can, even our work box can get a little bit tricky when uh, God said, look, I, I want you to be a light, an ambassador for me in this, this environment. I, I want you to be on mission. You think, well, God, that's that. But I'm there really, that's my job. Stay in the church box, God. I like you there. But in the workplace, I am just an employee. I'm not, on a, I'm not a missionary. That's someone else that goes to Africa. That's not me. No, because look, but I, you're my ambassador there. You're representing the kingdom in, in the workplace. So I want to have it all. Then we got this box of our finances. You think, well, but it's my money, God. I don't know if you've ever thought that before, that foolish thought. This is my money. Yeah, the challenge is you come into this world with what? Nothing. And you leave this world with Nothing, and everything in between, it still belongs to God. We're just stewards of it. And so God said, look, I want to be in control of your finances. And again, that can be an easy thought until God challenges you to be generous, or God challenges you to, to give in some way or another, or you have a bill that you weren't expecting, and it's a faith step to still be generous in those moments. God says, look, commit your ways, everything you do. Allow me into every part of your life. All your decisions, every area that even doesn't seem too spiritual. Commit all your ways. So I want us to think about this. Giving charge of all to the Lord. All your ways. Everything you do. You know, the Bible isn't selective in this, is it? 
God isn't saying, look, you can ha- I, so long as I have the major portion. No, he doesn't say that at all. He says, commit all. So I want us to think of this word all. How encompassing is all? Or everything. I mean, everything and all are so big words I mean, because they encompass every aspect of our lives. And ultimately, this requires us to die to self. Uh, it, it requires us to say, look, your will be done, not my will. I mean, even Jesus in Gethsemane had to come to that understanding. And he said, look, God, even though I'm looking for a different way, your will be done. You see, you can't have God in charge of your life and you in charge of your life. This doesn't work, does it? You can't have God in charge of your finances and you in charge of your finances. You in charge of your job and God in charge of your job. No, it, either God's all in, he's having his way through your life in all of these various areas, or he's not. Now, the new commitment of, of saying, God, your way, your will, requires the second instruction, right? Commit all your ways to the Lord. And what is the second part? Trust in him. You see, I think the two go hand in hand, don't they? If I'm going to commit something to you, I'm now trusting that what you're going to do with it is going to be okay. In this realm, physical realm, I think, what's the most precious thing? Besides my family, what's the most precious thing I have? And it's kind of my motorbike. Okay? On, on a very, so I was like, look, I'm going to entrust my motorbike to you. I'm going to commit my, way to, my bike to you. Now, there's only one way I would do that. If you were to ride off into the sunset with my bike, I would have to do what? Trust you that you're not going to go around the corner and hit a car and crash it or do something silly. I would have to trust you with it, right? I'd have to trust. And the only way I can let go of the bike into your hands is knowing that you know how to ride, that you know how to, you know how to control the bike, that you, you, you can handle something that powerful, that enjoyable. You can handle that kind of experience. I'd have to trust you, right? And so the same thing goes with our relationship with God. God said, look, trust me. You know, commit all your ways to me, but then you're going to need to trust me with it, with the outcome. You see, because what happens is we can commit our ways to him, but then we have to leave it with him. We have to say, okay, God, I'm now allowing you to stay in control. You see, we sometimes have this way of taking back the steering wheel of, of situations of our lives. We say, God, here, God, I, I'm, I'm out of my depth. Lord, help me in this. I, I, need your contr- I need you to take control. So we give him control, and then the next day we take back control. Oh, I didn't actually, I don't know if I, w- I want you in control because you're leading me to do something I don't really want to do. So I'll take back control. I, I, I'd rather just trust in me with all my heart than trust in you. In this moment, we always have a choice. I, I think life is filled with choices. And I, I've discovered in my walk with God, it isn't just the, the one-time decision to follow Jesus. It's the everyday choosing to follow Jesus. It's the everyday submitting my ways to him and then trusting in the outcome that God has a plan. He's going to work it all out, that he knows what's best for me. And so I can give him over the controls and I can follow his leading, but I'm going to trust him in it. I'm going to let him be God. It's not easy, is it? It's not easy letting God be God, to be Lord in our lives, to commit everything to him. We, again, we like the things that we feel are safe to be in God's hands. But God said, look, trust me with the risky bits. 
the bits that you maybe are unsure of. When we hit the challenges in a relationship, God says, look, commit this to me. Can I just say, when we commit our ways to him, in doing so, doing so, he will always lead us upon a path that requires us to put our hand in his hand. We've had moments in our lives where, you know, you, you hit a, a challenge in a relationship and God said, look, don't retaliate, just forgive, keep loving, do all, do, do it. just trust me, just see what I'll do, just, just trust me in this. We have a choice in that moment to carry on this journey our way or to do it God's way. When he calls us to do something and we do it his direction, he, he then has this amazing promise, which is the second part of this passage. I like what it says in, in the New Living Translation. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn. One of the things I've found in, in walking with God, and again in our, our journey, is that there are all sorts of moments in life where sometimes things come back at us. The enemy's accuser. He's an accuser, isn't he? The Bible, he's, he, the Bible says he's an accuser of the brethren. He, he's constantly accusing. He's wanting to find fault. And uh, what the Bible says is, look, if you commit all your ways, if you trust in God, if God is paramount in your life, actually, the, the enemy has nothing on you. Your innocence will shine like, will radiate like the dawn, or shine like the noonday sun. It, I mean, there's this, there's this reality that God will vindicate. God will be in charge. He will, he will radiate his plans throughout. God will always lead us to do what is right, and, and our innocence becomes evident to those around us. God says, when in question, I will make this visible to others. Uh, I think one of the things that in life we, we can do things that we think are in secret. It's the funny thing about sin is that sin is often done in secret, isn't it? Uh, we, we often, when we know we're, we shouldn't be doing something, we often try to hide it. We try to, I mean, even Adam and Eve, what happened? They sinned, they, they, they hid in that, that space. But when we are living in the light, when we're living in a place of committing our ways to him, again, we have nothing to hide. That we have nothing to, to, uh, to shrink back for, for. God says, look, he, he's the great vindicator. He can fight our battles when we have nothing to hide or to justify. Uh, I remember... There was a time in our lives, Don and I were only married a few years, and we lived in Holland at the time, and we had uh, the people we were working with at the time accused us of all sorts of stuff, some really nasty stuff. Out of the blue, they sat us down, and they just went after us. And, and I remember the challenge of, of what to do in that moment. I think we were in our early 20s at the time, and, uh, you know, you first you think, is this true, God? Is this, am I a wicked person? Is that really what's in my heart? Is that... Am I full of all this stuff? Um, both Don and I were sat down separately and really, I mean, this is an older couple that we respected, but they really laid into us. And uh, everything in us wanted to retaliate. That feeling of, this is wrong. You know, we were living in another country. We would put ourselves under their care and, and they just, you know, attacked us spiritually. And I remember God said, look, don't lay your hands on them. You know, that passage of scripture where David wouldn't touch Saul even though Saul was throwing spears at him, don't, 
don't touch the Lord's anointed. I mean, it, it, David had this understanding. And so we were part of a, a church at that time, and the, the pastor was also uh, an, a trustee of the organization in which um, this couple were under. And so we had a feeling that we could, we could begin to share with everyone what is going on, what's really happening behind the closed doors. And I remember God challenging me that it wasn't our place. I, I needed to, this passage of scripture actually God brought to light to us. And it was something, look, you commit your ways to me, you trust in me, and I'll make your innocence shine through. I, I will fight the battle. You don't get engaged in this. This is not your battle. And you know what? As time went on, it became clear to others what was going on. Not because of us. We didn't say a thing. But God displayed it out in the open. Because it wasn't just us who was being affected. It was other people. They were a... There was stuff going on in this couple's lives, and it was seeping out all over the place. But it wasn't my place to show. My place was to keep my heart pure before God, was to keep my ways, was to stay in that place of innocence before the Lord. And the, the Lord brought out the clarity, brought out the innocence, brought out the righteousness that uh, actually the, nothing stuck. Now, if I engaged in the battle, if I really bogged, if we had bogged ourselves down into this space, well, the enemy would have had a, a heyday with us as well because we would have had blood on our hands, as it were. Because, look, commit your way. You know, we have other stories even in the Bible where we, we see of, uh, of Esther and Mordecai and Haman. You know, remember that story? I mean, it, it wasn't a place where uh, Mordecai was fighting his battle against Haman, but they prayed, they trusted God, and what happened is Actually, God righted the wrong. No battle was fought. God fought the battle for them. And I, I think this is what happens with God. Even Paul, Paul said, look, I, I make every effort to keep my conscience clear before God and man. We see this in Acts 24, verse 16. You see, this is this area of committing all our ways to the Lord. I think if we are honest with our financial dealings and with the governments, and if we're, we're uh, a person of integrity, and if we're living in that space of loving others, and we're living in that space of, of walking upright before God, I tell you, when the enemy comes and wants to throw something at you, it won't stick because God said, look, I'll make your innocence shine out. It will seem ludicrous to others. I mean, how can you bring an accusation? That's, it's not true. It always, the truth, God always brings the truth out. Our part in all of it is to commit our ways to Him. Live with Him being the center of every box. What happens, we see it so often. I, I mean, we see it in, in church leaders' lives or whatever, where things are allowed in certain areas, where certain areas of their lives are not committed to the Lord, and that also gets exposed, doesn't it, over time. The enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. However, when we live that, in that place of being under his protection, under his covering, he will always make his goodness shine through, through our lives. Whatever the circumstances that are thrown at us, it doesn't stick because God is on our side. I guess the, the question I have for you and I have for myself, is there anything, is there any part of our lives we just need to commit afresh to him? God challenges us this morning. Can you just give it to me? Can you just give that one area? Can you just allow me to have it all? To trust me with it? 
the, the truth of the scripture, when God is for us, who can be against us? It's so true when all our ways are committed to him. You see, I think what happens is when we are doing it our way, actually we're resisting God. You see, instead of God being our great advocate, we act, he becomes our adversary because he wants us to commit our ways to him. He want, and so we think, no, I'm going to do it my way. God said, look, okay, instead of walking with me, you're now walking opposed to me. Can I say the opposite of this passage is also true. If God is for us, who can be against us? But if God is against us, you have no chance. God has, you know, he wants to have his way in your life. And you say, look, just trust me. Trust me. Is God gracious and is he forgiving? Yes, of course he is. He's the great heavenly father. But he also calls us to come in line to his will. And in that, he said, look, I will, I will fight. I will do more than you could think or imagine. I, I will fight your battles. I will let your righteousness shine like the noonday. So, I mean, again, we see it in King David's life as well. With his, this whole thing that went on with Saul, God had his way in the long run. It became clear to Israel who David was. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.